Welcome to another episode of the SaaScast. Here we have a simple rule, no jargon, no fluff, just bite-sized advice from some of the biggest names in the SaaS world. And today we're thrilled to have the CTO of Agility CMS on the show. Their personalized, scalable, and future-proof headless content management solution is helping enterprise businesses unlock potential of their business through new digital experiences. Uh, Joel, it's great to have you on the show today with us. Um, before we dive a little bit deeper into our theme for today, which is the future of digital experiences, uh, would you mind sharing a little bit more about yourself and what inspired you to join Agility? And, sure. And maybe your story there. Sure. Uh, thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Joel Vardy, CTO, uh, as you said, at Agility. Been with the company for, gosh, uh, probably just over 18 years. Long time. Yeah, wow. Uh, I think, and I think the reason I've stayed so long is really share a lot of core values with the CEO, John Voigt, co-founder. And uh, he and I can get along really well. And I think we've evolved with the company together and our relationship as well. Um, and what we've been trying to do is, has evolved um, with uh, sort of with the industry. And I think that where we're at is a really interesting time, as you were saying, with the sort yeah. of the, a really new, a next, next generation evolution of you know, how people work with digital experiences, especially from an enter- enterprise point of view. Yeah, I think, you know, they're very different. There's lots of like those, you know, Shopify CMS platforms that do do um, the e-commerce side too. But I, yeah, I, I think Enterprise has a, a really big opportunity to have it itself in uh, in the digital experiences it can create because of a lot of the new uh, developments that we've seen with technology uh, in the last few years. So, I mean, I guess that that's a great segue into... Um, you know, we're going to go into this period of accel- accelerated creativity and innovation because there's new technology that can unlock new possibilities. And so how do you kind of see enterprise organizations also taking part in leading this movement? And where would you see yourself fitting into that in the mix? Yeah, I think certainly, you know, the idea of like jumping the chasm in terms of like composable tools is what we're starting to see. And uh, and and what is like the the industry is certainly approaching or if not you know right at sort of a, a period of hyper growth so what do enterprises want from the composable tools that they're using agility is sort of usually part of a bunch of tools that an organization will bring on at one point it it sort of there there's a point where it's like the, the the growth for the enterprise means that those tools need to be stable and solid and i think one of the things that agility we've been focusing on is like stability as a company over the long term. Lots of our customers went with us like in excess of 10 years. Um, and we've evolved with those those companies. Um, and we try to bring that kind of stability, that stable message of this is how you kind of build um, build with this platform and, and sort of assemble your stack of tools using agility and helping our customers do that. Um, so like they can talk to a person when they talk to us and we will give them that kind of advice of how they can build their brand and get, kind of get to their hyper growth um, that they want to see that, you know, usually folks come to us it's like, hey, we want to change our message or we want to solidify across, you know, omni-channel or multiple, you know, digital outputs, these kind of things like that. How do we do it? Uh, and how do we do it in a stable way for, for growth? Right. And, and I'm assuming a big part of that too is as the technology partner is having, you know, a network of, of uh, implementation partners, if you will, like cloud consultancies, software mm-hmm. firms to then help, you know, leverage a platform that you've built coupled with some of your thought leadership and perspective of where the industry is going within their sector. And then it's kind of almost like, how do we then find them a great partner 
to help them go on these journeys because for many enterprises it's it's you know five six plus years right it's we've always underestimated the cost of change um and and when i say cost it's just you know greatest cost being time it's we're asking people to do more learn more uh and um and work in entirely different ways like brushing your hand with a toothbrush in your left hand versus your right hand if you're right-handed is going to take you a long time to get used to um and so i guess that's kind of like you know the industry is moving forward way beyond screens now and it's got voice and it's got gestures and it's got augmented reality and virtual reality and when you think back to what i was just saying with like enterprise and you know where they're at and some of their struggles internally and so many companies are trying to prepare for this new world yep where content's going to be consumed regardless of screen and so i guess you know it's two part question uh how should enterprise leaders prepare for that that shift like what's their priority list if there is one and then two what's the best way for them to start actually seeing practical value from that in a platform like yours well i think one of the reasons why uh, enterprise corporations come and look for tools like agility is because they're they're kind of stuck um they're thinking oh we need to support essentially more accessible and more channels, more output channels with our tools and their current tooling, whether it be sort of a monolithic DXP or an old traditional piece of software that they're managing their content with is kind of falling down and not giving them that, or maybe it's a major upgrade that's going to be ridiculously expensive and, you know, years, years down the road, whereas they'll come to us saying, Hey, in a matter of weeks or months, can we spin up something that will solve this problem? And then we can solve a complete problem. Uh, use case, you know, down the road. And so we'll help them sort of set that up. And and just decoupling the content from the output allows you to build, first of all, way more accessible content, which gets you a long way down the road towards more channels. If you, As long as it's like a lot of tools that can kind of like read content and present it in different ways, rely on the all the accessibility parameters that you can embed in that content, um, which is really easy to do in a headless system. And I, I think what Agility also does is brings experience management into the CMS in a headless way so that you can essentially lay out the components from your design system, however they're being output um, inside the CMS. It's just in terms of like bits of content. So managing your content across multiple channels becomes a lot easier at scale with Agility okay. because of, as we were saying, because of how we help folks model their content for those outputs. Um, and Got that's it. where we work really closely with customers and saying, how are you going to model your content? How are you going to structure it in a way that will serve you now and you can build on it into the future? Okay. So like going back to like the core of the question, which, you know, how can enterprises prepare for it? One thing I'm hearing is definitely clear is like your technology foundation needs to be solid. Part of that is going to be an element of, of the CMS and the, and the digital experience. The other ingredient is content, right? And um, and you kind of put content first versus the technology foundation. And I assume that's to give it time while they're building up this repo of content that could be repurposed across, I guess, any digital experience or any screen or voice mm-hmm. or, or gesture-based uh, uh, experience, right? Um, is that kind of your advice? Yeah, you kind of nailed it in a nutshell. I mean, that's... Okay. And, and, and oftentimes what we'll say is, what's the minimum viable product? What's like a phase one that you can kind of hold in your head of what would be successful to, to start seeing ROI as quickly yeah. as possible so that we don't have a multi-year project where nothing really gets done and it's this massive kind of frozen right. waterfall approach. 
Yeah. Um, and how can, so how can we start seeing like a version one get out the door and then build on that um, moving forward? And so when you think about like the partner aspect, right? So like this, this enterprise is moving at lightning speed, right? Uh, they can't slow down and they're trying to unlock smart growth. Um, and that's coupled to technology in, in almost every single way. Um, and so, yeah, what's, what's your advice to kind of solve that, that problem? Like we're going to start experimenting with, with new content, ways of creating content, uh, ways of managing that content. We're also going to be building a, a new tech foundation while trying to keep our current business in flight. You know, obviously I've seen like, it's, I think it's like 86% of these enterprises are now leaning on an ecosystem of partners. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it's just the partner is the solution, right? Um, so what have you seen that's worked that that's a help the business solve that problem? And then B from a sustainability perspective, like how do you pick the right partner and, and how do you make sure that they're, they're invested in the outcome of the success? Yeah. Great questions. And not always easy to solve. We've, we've yeah. sort of built up our, um, sort of the, the, the list of partners that we trust that work with us. And we, we try to align our core values essentially as much as we can okay. to help. And really what it's trying to do is bridge the knowledge and experience gap for working with technology and content and things like that. So, you know, there's a lot of kind of new stuff for enterprises that they're seeing. These organizations are kind of, they've been doing their thing for a long time. So this all seems really new and, uh, and a little scary. So partner who has the knowledge and has the experience can help sort of build the trust factor for, okay, this is how this is going to work. This is what the timeline is going to look like. And this is what your life is kind of going to look like working with content moving forward if you go down this direction. Um, and that that really helps people sort of see the future, like kind of build like a destination postcard. This is what it's going to be like. And this is how your job is going to slightly change so that the people who, because the people who use the software don't usually buy it with enterprise software, right? They're not usually making mm-hmm. the decisions. So we, the the partners usually who helps us bridge that, that technology gap when someone has already made a decision. Okay. Um, and so... You know, another area that I think enterprise, because they've been so focused on like the bigger parts of these experiences, right? Because they're transforming and it's, you know, replace, uh, you know, or or modernize or, uh, and sometimes rebuild. I think like there's definitely another area of opportunity within like the micro interactions we have with these companies, right? Mm -hmm. And, And you can clearly see night and day, like when you look at a company like an Amazon, right? Like, uh, one of the markers of success I look for in a company that's, that's, you know, enabled by technology is how many times are you deploying a day? So they're deploying 22,000 times a day, which means they are delivering value that many times to shareholders, employees, um, and, and to any, and to customers. And so like that is a micro interaction, ironically, that mm-hmm. you don't even know about. Yep. But, you know, an enterprise, uh, that wasn't born digital, you know, you think about an Amazon that's already got a layer deeper than that. And that's like, we're going to subliminally deploy value without you even knowing it to that of an enterprise that's still struggling with those experiences, right? Like we've all been there. We've all entered our credit card numbers three times and it's told us it's not valid or, you know, like the yep. awkward, you dropped my call. Like what the heck? I was on hold for 30 minutes and why don't you have chat? <laughs> like, and why yep. do I have to call you? So there's, there's, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that, that I could sort of jump on but the first thing is like just the the idea of how what is your rhythm 
as an organization. It's sort of like, you know, for Amazon, it's like X thousand times per day to kind of do updates yeah. and make, make these micro changes, do testing and experimentation, that sort of thing. It's a great question. And oftentimes for slow moving enter enterprises, their rhythm is like 60 days or something. It's really slow. I'll, I'll quantify that for you, not to interrupt. Uh, Capital One deploys 50 times a day. Okay. So there's a, there's someone I'm who's not, made a change. So they're, vir they're virtual mic drop. Yeah. yeah, yeah they're moving yeah. a lot faster. So yeah. when folks come to us and say, how can we get from where we're at now to there? First of all, there's often a lot of pushback. There's often a yeah. lot of, Ooh, let's slow things down, which fair enough. So oftentimes CMS is like the gateway drug. So agility becomes the gateway to how to get more rhythm. First of all, from marketing, because content doesn't necessarily have to go through DevOps. Now, we were talking about compliance and SOC 2 and ISO. Yeah. Sometimes those things can <laughs> slow things down. So sometimes content does go through DevOps and it can, but oftentimes it doesn't have to because it's, a, it's sort of a different set of set of users and whatever. And we really want to help organizations get more rhythm. How do you, multiple times per day, you're putting out changes, you're reacting to how customers are giving you feedback, things like that. Um, so that's one thing. And, and so like faster DevOps, more rhythm from marketing, absolutely. That's what we want as much experience management inside the CMS. So there's only one tool for the teams to work with at a time for content. But at the same time, you mentioned yeah. things like, how can we add chat? How can we add these other tools? Right. So that's, to me, that comes into what I call composable. So there, there should be tools that we can bring in. So maybe, you know, maybe you want to use intercom for chat. Does it solve that problem really, really well? And then maybe further down, ooh, we want to do it slightly differently. Or like, you know what? We're using HubSpot. Let's bring in HubSpot chat. And which is what we did at Agility the other day. <laughs> so, you know, we pulled out one tool and put in another tool without having to redefine the whole thing, without having that, to build it all together. That's assuming that they've already got, you know, like um, microservices and that, you know, they've got, uh, you know, composable architecture that can, that can be, you know, quickly uh, re-architected, put in an app landing zone and then, yep. you know, sent off to be deployed. And so... I think it still goes back, like, I don't want to bring it back, but again, those partners, right? Mm -hmm. Like the real struggle is, and, and this was actually going to be my next question. So, uh, when I think about an enterprise, like, uh, my two main concerns are going to be capacity and capability yep. in order to reach the goals of that, of the organization, which is, you know, growth and operational efficiency, uh, and, uh, and cost savings, right. For, for probably most uh, right now. And so that means like, you know, building out a new, uh, a new muscle of like talent acquisition for tech. Right. And, you know, like I'll use an example, like a construction company, they're, they're very actually cool. I love the more, uh, traditional businesses that have been kind of overlooked. Uh, but if I, you know, if you asked an engineer at Google or a construction company, what are they going to say? And so like, you're part of the equation, right? A partner is mm -hmm. another part of the equation. And then there's, yep. you know, the other challenge, which is how do we start attracting this talent that can use our platform? So, you know, I've always seen that as a really big area of opportunity for great platforms like yours to come in and, and really advocate um, for, you know, working with, with partners uh, to get you to a point where you don't need them, right? As a digital business, you shouldn't have to have to, to be leaning on those people. Right. So, yeah. but you'll always need them. They're always your naval seals that will come in and unlock the next wave, but it's how many of them are helping really grow that keep the, the capability 
while addressing the concern of capacity. Yeah. Right? And and to me, it comes down to how how are you agile? How are you becoming more agile? And I think that's a term that was overused and is underused now because it was trying to mean too many things. But I okay. think agile is a way of managing capacity and capability. And partners is one of the ways that you can supercharge that. If you can bring on someone who has, they can bridge the knowledge and experience gap with the things that you don't know yet. And and if you can, hopefully you can maybe bring that in-house either by hiring or training. Um, we've seen that work certainly as some of our customers who are longtime customers that have gone through like digital transformations, which is another word that's overused, but yeah. it's like transforming <laughs> from we've got this monolithic beast that is hard to work with and we want to transform it into something that's a little more nimble and we can swap things in and out, um, more reliable. How do we how do we get from here to there? Um, does it have to be all at once? Can it be gradual? How do we do it one property at a time? Bringing in a partner can really help that. Um, and then sometimes that starts off a long-term relationship with the customer and the partner where they're working together and it's like an ongoing relationship, um, which is which is great because then everybody wins. But sometimes it's say like, you know what, this is a one-shot thing. We're going to it's part of a project at six months or whatever. And the idea is to move the knowledge in-house um, and then to help. So then phase phase two and three and whatever can be, can be done more, more in-house. If you've seen both sides, which side do you think, like from your perspective, not to put you on the spot, but to mm-hmm. put you on the spot, do you think works, works better? Because um, actually that's an interesting viewpoint I've never really thought of. I think more and more there's, there organizations are seeing the value for maintaining the partnerships with those partners that believe the same things they do. That's Got the it. hard thing. The hard thing is finding someone that that works, that believes what you do and has like a cultural fit. Um, yeah. It's just it's like, it's like the, together we achieve more if our values are aligned and, yeah. and our vivid futures that we're working towards can align together, right? Um, yeah. And it depends on the organization. Like some organizations have, have part, made it part of their mandate. Hey, you know, you know, digital and technology isn't our business. Our business is something else. And, and that's just a tool that we can get help with. Other companies, that is a thing, or they've made it their thing and by either by acquiring or hiring. Um, but oftentimes there is a knowledge gap that some, so sometimes it is a short-term sort of thing to kind of bridge that gap, get over the hump, and then kind of start rolling with new technology and new mindset. Yeah. Um, and then I guess, you know, like for people that are listening, you know, are there any books or, or mentors or resources that, you know, can kind of understand, you know, the, the speed that enterprise needs to move with, uh, coupled with like all of the changes that they're going to have to embrace from a tech perspective, um, that you've read or, or, you know, talked to that you think would be, you know, good resources for, for others. There's a book I read called engineering management for the rest of us. Um, (laughs) Can't I love tell that you. title. <laughs> yeah, it's a great, it's a great title. Uh, I had to look up the author um, who I found on Tech Twitter um, and just followed. And, and essentially, she just wrote down essentially what she'd been telling all of her, you know, her friends and coworkers and people that had found her on Twitter about like, hey, these are all the these are the problems that I come up with, and this is how I've solved them. And she kind of jumped around to a bunch of different companies. I think she might be at Google now. Um, that was a great resource for me as an engineering manager, working with other engineering managers and, and seeing lots of growth. I also just like to watch companies that are doing this and to see like, and, and, and I've uh, sort of the growth versus stability thing is really interesting. Uh, so two companies that I've, that I work very closely with are Netlify and Vercel. And they're both, they're like people who, who criticize them say, oh, you're just an AWS wrapper. You know, you're not really doing anything uh, that they don't provide, but yet 
these companies are growing really, really fast. They're acquiring technology. They're coming up with tons of different stuff. Um, they're similar companies, but totally different in, in sort of their approach. And I just love watching their leaders and how they manage that growth and have turned that from like, because they've went from like these hyper growth companies to now they're becoming enterprise. Like I know some of our customers are literally using them because it's like it's so easy. They've got great enterprise agreements that have like the SOC 2 compliance and all that sort of stuff. And they have the SLAs. They've done the things and they've gone through the growing pains of how to connect with those bigger enterprises who want the long-term benefit of like stability. Um, but they want to take you know, take advantage of these things that you know, consultants and so on are saying, hey, you got to get onto this new technology. So they've kind of charged the, supercharged the industry. Um, I think they've even made it easier for folks to go and work with other partners because they've yeah. kind of reset how we might have relationships with enterprise customers. That's interesting. And then I guess uh, as like a, a final takeaway for, uh, for everyone listening, you know, there's lots of black moments in any, or sorry, black moments, black swan moments in any industry. Um, and there's always, you know, like innovation that, 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 you know, can really unlock massive growth. Uh, in digital experiences, what do you think could be the next unforeseen game changer? Uh, so this is something that's not on someone's radar yet. Like, you know, think about your world and all the things that you're nerding out about. What's that thing that you think has the power to, to reshape our digital experiences yet again? Yeah, I was talking with some, uh, some other digital leaders in Boston last week and um, the idea of co-pilots is a thing that, so, you know, we've, you've heard, you've heard generative AI, heard chat GPT, and certainly a lot of marketing departments and, and other folks are using this all over the place. Um, but the ideas of, well, what if you had, and i and we have this as, so there's like a GitHub copilot as a developer that we can use, you know, that kind of, kind of just helps you out. And it's like, they're making you more productive. Um, but think of the co-pilots that could be there to word, to help you bridge that, the knowledge gap where you would have had to talk to a human, but now you have this almost human-like helper to help you along with enterprise business type tasks. So it might be Love a thing that. like, I need to generate a content model so that I can you know, build build content structures that are for used in, uh, in VR, right? Well, yeah, I, we'll I, find an I, expert for that, right? That's in- So you know what, what's cool? Uh, I couldn't put a name on uh, that, uh, but I've been seeing that more and more and more within enterprises uh as as a huge area of opportunity um and uh and yeah i couldn't i couldn't agree more that that, that's going to be a really interesting space um and actually a quite practical way to leverage ai and and things like machine learning in a a way that's like gentle nudges versus like uh we're gonna take uh, your job yeah and and (laughs) not that that's like I, i I mean, it hasn't happened, right? Like we're still here, we're still employed. And mm-hmm. in many ways, they're helping me more than I'm helping them with my $20 a month that I'm giving them. Thank you very much, Chat GDP. And please go and knock the the socks off of whatever else you got in store for us to help us be even more productive. But yeah, like I, I don't view it as a threat. I view it as a as a huge enabler. Like I can't wait to see what comes, uh, especially in the like the, the, the so-called cold piloting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I was going to make the joke and then I, I didn't, but now I am. It kind of reminds me of that little, uh, paper clip from back in the day in, in word, what it would yeah. always like, but it would always bounce up in the wrong time. Yeah. So at least we've, you know, solved that 
in the last decade or so since that version of Word was out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. the other side of it would be like, there's this co-pilot, there's, there's a little, you know, uh, um, an AI helper that can help you along at different times in this context sensitive and it's, it knows the things. But the other side of it is that I think our software is going to become way more collaborative. And this is on the near term horizon. So like, I think our modern users expect everything to be essentially Google Docs. So I know who else is, who else is here. We can chat, we can have a conversation and collaborate within every piece of software that we're using. That's not something that we expect from enterprise software yet. But I think that expectation should change very, very soon. It, are you, so you're seeing that between brands? So like, let's say Microsoft and a Slack, like I know there's already integrations and things like that, you know, like give it, give that as an example, you know, take that, just double click on that a little bit for me. Yeah. So imagine that the tools, all the tools that you're using to, to like manage content on your website or manage, you know, to work with your customers and to, to manage the customer journeys, those kinds of things. Imagine if oh, all of those okay, tools got it. were as collaborative as like a Google Docs. Some of them are, some of them are getting there. I think our okay. expectation should be that they're all, first of all, yes, they all have some level of collaboration within them, but they should work together as well, whether that be through like Slack or Teams um, or some other kind of like interim communication layers that they're all kind of hooked into our expectation i think should should be and it is becoming that that's that's just the norm that's like the baseline for software as it were as these composable platforms work together got it well joel thanks you so much for your time today uh tons of insight shared on the on the future of digital experiences uh and it was definitely great to talk uh to you about it someone that sees both it from the business and the technology side um and it's even rare that you've lived uh i think you said 18 years was it 18 years 18, 18 years, years at agility yeah 25 uh, years in the industry i can't remember the last time i heard that from someone at the same company uh it feels like it's going back to like my parents era where they would <laughs> stay for a long time so but why i'm saying that that's great that i mean that's deep domain expertise uh in an area that's like still rapidly uh changing and innovating and turning on a dime uh, so if, uh, anyone wants to get in touch with you, learn more about agility, where do they go? Can you give them the, the, uh, best places to reach you and, and find out more? Sure. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Joel Vardy. So my first name, last name, or Joel at agilitycms.com. Perfect. Thanks, Joel. Thanks for having me on, Jason. <laughs>